Hello, everyone. Welcome to a fun episode of Cinematic Underdogs. I'm here with two close podcast friends by now, I'd say, uh, regular chums, Joey and Justin. So we've uh, been on each other's podcast before. It's the first time Joey's on our podcast, so excited to have Joey on here. Uh, I know Jordan's been on a podcast with Justin, uh, talking the usual suspects. I mean, me and Justin, have we've talked Mighty Ducks. Uh, we've talked Young Blood. We, we've also gone over a trio of films or two films, Jackie, I know, and Inherent Vice. All right, yeah, you came on um, Average Joe's and we uh, yeah, talked a bunch of movies on there, but yeah, Jackie and, um, and Hair Vice. Yeah, we, we ran the gamut with movies, but those were our central ones. And yes, they're from the Average Joe's Movie Clubcast, so it's on YouTube and a bunch of podcast platforms. So check that out, just Google it. And welcome to the podcast, both of you. Hey, what's going on? Nothing much. Thanks. Just excited to have both of you on. We're going to be talking about their favorite sports movies. So we're going to just do a deep dive special episode into Justin and Joey's all-time favorites. I know they have different ranking systems, different way of compartmentalizing their favorite films like best or favorites. I'm going to let them do whatever they want. I'm going to just <laughs> ask like questions here and there about maybe all-time favorite comeback narrative or all-time funniest sports movie moment or, and stuff like that. But I'm going to start off with Joey. I want to give Joey the first go at it. And I know Joey has two lists, so it's going to be tricky. I, I want you to both start with number five and then work your way up to number one. And Joey, would you rather start with your favorite or your best list? I'll just do favorite. If we're, if we're doing favorites, I'll just do favorites. That's fine. My number five, and I feel like there might be people out here who might have some stuff to say because, you know, trying to remember what sport movies and stuff I've watched, you know, I kind of Googled top sports movies and looked at some list and uh, I don't see this movie anywhere on there, but um, it was a movie being a kid in the South that stuck out with me and that's Days of Thunder. So with Tom Cruise, Nicole Kidman, I grew up in the South. My family was really big into NASCAR, you know, Dale Earnhardt was a... Um, you know what? No, he was a god. He he <laughs> was and is a god. So, you know, that movie, I was, you know, like I said, I was a kid. There was cars everywhere. I remember I had an actual, I got it from Hardee's and it was one of the race cars. And I played with that thing all the time. So, I mean, I know it's not a great movie by any means, but I loved it. I had a good time with it and uh, kind of want to rewatch it again. I just haven't seen it in a long time. Yeah, I loved watching that one as a kid too. My brother absolutely loved it because he loves racing. So we watched that a bunch. I love how you also said, which everyone says, I think it's like the, the refrain. It's like, it's not a great movie, but I love it. It's like a nostalgic movie for a lot of people. Uh, and fair enough, yeah. I mean, it's got Tom Cruise. You can't go wrong with like 80s Tom Cruise. So I think that's a lot of his 80s movies. Do they have a, a Days of Thunder in the works for a remake? Have has anyone ever heard of anything like that recently? Nope. Okay. So just Top Gun? I, I haven't. I haven't, but I was Maverick be, coming out. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they did. I mean, I mean, I feel like it would do well. I mean, I think the last movie I saw that had anything to do with NASCAR and it was just the setting was Logan Lucky and that was fantastic. Oh, yeah. I was thinking Talladega Nights. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, you know, I'll put oh. that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I was thinking Talladega Nights too, but uh, Logan Lucky's great. Soderbergh, huge Soderbergh stand right here. So obsessed with Soderbergh. That one is just perfectly like his kind of Coen brother-esque detour style where he gets really eccentric. I like the characters. Daniel Craig's really hilarious in that. So nice, nice reference. Uh, Justin, how about your number five? Let's get this flowing. Well, actually, Days Thunder is in my honorable mention. So I'll just, so that's a Tony Scott film, right? 
That sounds correct. Gosh, he knows how to really like set a stage. I mean, between like that um, guitar solo on Top Gun when we first see the jet or this huge rumbling stadium and um, Days of Thunder with this music. Um, I've never been a racing fan, but the mark of a great sports movie is not having any interest in something at all, but being totally invested for that, you know, hour and a half typically with a sports movie. So uh, yeah, Days of Thunder, uh, dynamite for me. Okay, so let me dive into my choice. Now, these are kind of movies that I definitely wanted to talk about, so I can jump around here, but let me talk about Field of Dreams. So Field of Dreams, I did not grow up with. I only saw it for the first time last year. Here's a great quote from it. We just don't recognize life's most significant moments while they're happening. Back then, I thought, well, there'll be other days. I didn't realize that was the only day. It just gave me chills reading back over my notes for this. This movie's all about like, getting that second chance. We get to meet these former players that, you know, just get the chance to play one more time. I mean, the iconic scene at the end, uh, spoiler alert, where he, uh, he gets to play uh, one last catch with his old man um, there at the magic hour on the cornfields of probably Iowa, I want to say. That sounds baseball-y. Like I said, I didn't really grow up with this movie, so I didn't have a nostalgic attachment, but this is definitely a movie I could see myself watching year after year and actually getting more appreciation for it as I get older. And I think of all like the different second chances that um, I start to develop. Great movie, baseball Americana wrapped up in a film can. Absolutely. Such Americana, right? And you're right. It's in Northeast Iowa. It's actually 25 miles west of Dubuque along the Mississippi River. So it's really close to Iowa, Illinois, and Wisconsin. Like it couldn't be any more like middle America rolling cornfields and i don't know did either of you catch the field of dreams game this year that was unreal i think they did a really good job curating that whole experience where kevin costner walks through the corn rows into the field and then the players follow him and emerge onto the field did either of you catch that i didn't get to see it um you know because i don't have any way to watch it but i mean i definitely saw you know clips of it online and stuff afterwards i think that was that was really cool and someone who's actually i hadn't even seen the movie it's on my watch list and uh actually i think it's in mine and justin's randomized my my list my randomized list for our our normal podcast. So it'll probably get there, but um, it was still really cool just because I know how big of a deal the movie is. And, you know, so I, I still thought it was really cool and I never even saw the movie. I yeah. totally missed that. So I'll have to go and catch up on that. That definitely sounds, yeah, that seems like pretty, was it a big anniversary they had for it or something? Exactly. Yeah. It was the anniversary and they're going to do it annually. Now they were supposed to do it during like 2020, I believe a COVID or right. kind of delayed it. And okay. it just was a, a smaller stadium packed. It was the Yankees versus the White Sox. And it went back and forth too. And it wa- ended with a walk-off home run into the cornfield. Oh, so it was great. It was, it was really cool. perfect. Yeah. Just iconic scene setting, beautiful the aerial shots of the cornfield and the stadium in the middle of nowhere is just, mm-hmm. just really. They gorgeous. have a big old crowd. Yeah. It was packed every seat. I okay. mean, I would have loved to be there just for the ambiance and the feel of oh, it. For sure. Oh, yeah, dude, that would have been, that would have been crazy. And I'm sure it's going to be sold out every year. They have it from now on. I also love that we threw out Tony Scott. He is one of my favorites. I loved man on fire as a kid. I just absolutely love that movie. Is there any Tony Scott film that you like, put on your high pedestal of like this is a great great tony scott film uh definitely like i said top gun and days of thunder it was fun to notice that he because he also did um true romance right 
I remember seeing his style really kind of stick out there, but otherwise I don't think I've been through much else of his filmography. So that's a, that's a, a bit of a blind spot besides his uh, major bangers. It's probably true romance. I, I can't remember if I've seen man on fire because there's one with Denzel and I've seen a couple of those that were from that time period where those are kind of actiony movies, but yeah, I mean, true romance is it's great. <laughs> Could have been better, but we won't go into that. But it was, it was, it was really good. Yeah, Chef's Kiss one though, still, it's so good. Yeah, he's had a bunch. You've probably seen him. He does a bunch of smart thrillers in the late '90s, early 2000s, like Enemy of the State with Will Smith uh, and Gene Hackman. Uh, you might have seen uh, Domino. You remember Domino? It's like this blown out kind of sepia neon colored. I really like that one. Like he was ultra stylistic for the late 90s and early 2000s and really set the tone for like that, that aesthetic of like saturating the colors in a weird way that got crazy played out soon thereafter. But for a good while, he was unstoppable. He was definitely on top of the game. He definitely teamed up with Denzel a few times. So I think he was also. Yeah, the other one was Deja Vu, I think. Mm-hmm. I love Deja Vu. Oh, that was too. a fun one. Mm-hmm. I remember that. You yes. mind if I rattle off a few of these uh, honorable mentions I have before we get in the top tiers of the list? Do it. All right. So I wanted to mention Cool Runnings for for sure. Good uh, Disney um, feel-good movie about those uh, Jamaicans getting their shot at, at the Olympics. When it comes to me and true stories, I just I'm just taking in what the movie gets me. So I know a lot of that's not accurate, but um, still uh, it hits in the feels. And, you know, I'm really looking for that for movies. Uh, I wanted to shout out Basketballs, the guys from South Park. I had a, a ball watching that back when I was a kid. Don't remember much about it. Need to revisit it. I got. The, I have to mention the Bad News Bears on here. Having been a t-ball coach last season and pretty much tearing my hair out almost all the time, um, that made it that much sweeter to see that experience captured in movies. I want to give a shout out to Drumline Show Band movie. Um, I was a big uh, marching band guy uh, throughout high school, so just wanted to give little props to that. Not quite a sport, but athletic in its own way. Always been a uh, horse racing fan, so I wanted to give Sea Biscuit a shout out. Black Swan again, ballet. Not exactly a sport, but definitely athletic to the T and Aronofsky just captures that madness of an obsession with wanting to do something the best of your ability perfectly there. I need to rewatch The Wrestler too. That'd be a good sports movie. And um, The Mighty Ducks, uh, we've talked that one to death on here, so I won't go too much into Ducks. Uh, definitely listen to uh, the um, Cinematic Underdogs shows on that. Friday Night Lights, I remember really enjoying that one, but it's been forever, so I need to revisit it. I think it's my favorite football movie, but um, yeah, I've got to revisit that one. And my last one, Fever Pitch. Had a great date night with my wife to see that. I'm not a Red Sox fan by any means, but just the fan atmosphere that that film captures with these season ticket holders coming and day after day to root on their team really captured um, something in me. So those were, that's all my uh, honorable mentions. <laughs> nice, nice. That's a great eclectic bunch. There's so many good ones in there. I love Seabiscuit as a kid, loved going to see that with my family. Still remember leaving the theater and being really touched by that movie. A lot of good comedies you brought up. I think basketball is hilarious, but I get it's a silly movie. Cool Runnings, probably the most feel-good sports movie for me of all time. Just such a feel-gooder. When they walk the bobsled at the end, it's just like... Oh, get the standing O. Oh, for sure. Yeah, get the standing O. And it got and just, spoiled for me. I don't know why I let somebody tell me the end of that movie. That and the the scene in Free Willy when the whale jumps over the kid were like my two favorite scenes as a kid. Those are like the repeat. I'm going to watch those again and again. Iconic. <laughs> iconic is right. I saw yeah, iconic kids. for sure. Yeah. Um, 
with all those honorable mentions, how about Joey? Now you say your other list, your your best list, and shout those out. All right. So I also have a couple honorable mentions. So I'll just run through those. So my best list uh, is Raging Bull, um, which I just saw this year. Friday Night Lights, but it's been like Justin said, it's been a long time. But just going through the football movies that I've seen, I think it, it's the best put together one. Um, a League of Their Own, just. Anything like I, I don't know. I guess even because I haven't seen that since I was younger. But even as young, just any anything with like female empowerment, I've been drawn to. So um, I really enjoyed that, and I think it was you know it had a historical aspect to it as well. Um, and that was something historically I didn't know until I saw that movie. So that really intrigued me. Another movie that I just saw, I think I saw it last year, was Million Dollar Baby. Hillary Swing. Yeah, yeah, that's it's a brutal movie at the end. That is, it's just just brutal. And then um, Rocky. I mean, like the franchise, except for five um, in, in general. I mean, it's just you watch those movies and h- how do you not get energetic? And then you have three, the Eye of the Tiger and four, I Must Break You. And, you know, it's just just crazy. I did my I had a couple honorable mentions for my favorite list. Um, so another one from when I was a kid and I definitely should not have been watching this movie as a, as a child. But there I was. So that's White Men Can't Jump. So that was my first introduction to both Wesley Snipes and um, Woody Harrelson. I don't know. It was just crazy. You had this dude trying to prove that he can dunk and, you know, all of this. And he just keeps gambling everything away and running and his girlfriend's speaking Spanish all the time. And yeah, it was just, uh, I don't know. I enjoyed it a lot. And then uh, <laughs> uh, bring it on. So, I mean, competitive cheerleading it is what it is. But I mean, I I watched that for Elijah Dushku because I was a huge Buffy the Vampire Slayer fan. And I still own it. I still watch it on occasion. It's dumb. It's silly. But I still love teen comedies. And that's what that is, essentially. And so I guess I'm still just a big old kid at heart. Loving it. I'm loving both these lists. I'm, I'm super into them. So I'm going to ask you a question, let you dwell on it a sec, while I talk a little bit about both of your lists to give you a buffer zone. So I want you to take one movie and put it in your vault. You can keep it forever from those lists of honorable mentions um, as your like sixth man, we'll call it. The, the sixth place that you'll keep and one movie you have to discard and just uh, jettison it. Okay. So, okay. So I'm, out of, out yeah. of the best list and the two honorable mentions. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. And same for you, Justin. So great list. I think your best list is really well curated, to be honest. I think I get the distinction exactly like the raging bulls, the million dollar babies, like the Oscar winners is what, what you're going for. Like the prestige sports movies. Definitely. I, I kind of agree with all of them. Million Dollar Baby was actually really strong and interesting because it came out like two years after Crash, which was also Paul Haggis or Haggis. And he got so much slack after Crash, like people turned on that like a dime. And then he came out with a really strong one again and kind of shut people up. And it was also up for best picture. And I I think it's actually a really good movie. So I'm glad that you gave that one a shout out. I mean, Hilary Swink is strong in that film. And it's a a tough film to watch. Yeah, both of them won. Crash and a million dollar top prize. Yeah, they both won. I mean, the guy was on fire at the time. And I would say neither have fared too well, though, in the culture for whatever reason. I think people aren't just stoked on his work too much anymore. But I love that you also brought up White Men Can't Jump. So good. Ron Shelton to me is my favorite. I mean, I think that his sports movies, uh, Bull Durham, he also did Tin Cup, just adult oh, sports Cup. movies. Yeah. Tin Cup's fantastic, like absolutely great. I thought it was like a, like not a dumb, but I thought it was like a sappy romance, just like from seeing the previews as a kid. And then I watched it as a doll. It's just really smart dialogue, great character development. Uh, same with White Man Can't Jump. I thought it was just kind of this edgy in your face, young Woody Harrelson and 
I thought I was just going to try to push your buttons, but no, a very smart film, you know, it gets into economics and really complex personal relationships. I mean, he's a good screenwriter and just good, good dramas, character dramas. I love Ron Sheldon. So I would say personally, he's my favorite sports movie director. There's not many out there that you can call like a sports movie director, probably list them on a, on like one hand, but to me, he like takes the prize. So Justin, I'll let you go first on this. Which movie would you keep? And which movie would you discard? Oh, Keep would definitely be The Ducks, which would probably be my top five if uh, we hadn't visited that one before. And I guess I can let basketballs go. (laughs) Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. So I think I I would get rid of Raging Bull because I hated the main character so much. No, to be fair, you're supposed to hate That's what makes it so good. Sorry. That's what I was. Yeah. He wants you to hate him. Like you're supposed to hate him. But like, I think I, that would be why I would get rid of it, even though it might arguably be the best movie of that. And then I think what I would keep would probably be White Men Can't Jump just because it's, it's really, it's going to sound strange. This is like my only basketball movie that I have up here. So that's, that's probably w- would be why. Loving that. I'm loving that you kept White Men Can't Jump. This makes me extremely, <laughs> extremely happy. Um, it's and speaking of gambling from um what was the movie you mentioned it was about gambling I, I talked about that was about gambling uh just like straight gambling or like gambling on sports gambling on sports you had mentioned that one of the the plots for one of your honorable mentions had gambling in it on what nothing here had <laughs> other than white men can't jump that just had gambling in it that was it that was the one uh, that was it okay okay i Sorry, that was a terrible segue, but I wanted to mention Uncut Uncut Gems, which doesn't instantly think of a sports movie, but oh my God, the climax of that movie where Sandler is watching this game and talking about every single point of gambling interest in that game and how it's breaking down in the flow of the game. It just dynamite blew me away. Favorite movie from that year, Uncut Gems. Got to watch it. Yeah, no, it's definitely to me a sports movie. I mean, we just legalized gambling in Arizona. And so it's been fun. Uh, And definitely it brings you into sports on a whole new level. And it also is a sport in its own way. And it's, you know, there's, you're with the competition. You're also putting risk out there and winning or losing, right? That film shows how it can go dark and wrong and the devolution of someone who's like an addict. And then it also has Kevin Garnett in it. Um, yeah, he's awesome in that movie. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's a lot of really good gambling movies I love. Uh, we're going to actually do a whole segment soon on Cinematic Underdogs. Um, okay. There's Mississippi Grind with Ben Mendelsohn and Ryan Reynolds. It's a small little indie film that came out like in 2000, mid-2010s, like 13 or 14. It's really good if you haven't seen it. Molly's okay. Game, great Sorkin writing. Jessica Chastain kind of based on a true story or is just loosely based on a true story. Um, there's a really good one, I think, called Two for the Money with, uh, I don't know if you've seen this one, it's with Matthew McConaughey. Uh, okay. Yeah, that one's a great, great one. There's also another one with Bruce Willis that I really, really like. Can't think of the name on the top of my head. It's called Lay the Favorite. That's what it's called. So good. Um, is there any other gambling movies you absolutely love, like Rounders or any of that we didn't mention or any of that I did mention that you love? It's not gambling per se, but this is actually one that I should have mentioned as an honorable mention. Um, it's called Pool Hall Junkies. And so back when I was in high school, me and my friends, we were big into playing pool. We, we spent a lot of time at a pool hall that we probably should not have spent time in, but it had the cheapest tables. But um, Pool Hall Junkies is uh, Mars Callahan. Christopher Walken and Rick Schrader. And it's just people doing 
all sorts of crazy trick shots, but it's, it's also hustling. And so that's what made me think of gambling because there is a lot of gambling in the movie, but it's not legalized gambling, like cutting spreads and that kind of stuff. But if you haven't seen that, I would definitely recommend watching that. But actually, I think that, I think it was like almost like a straight HBO movie. Like it definitely wasn't like a big movie at all. I absolutely remember Pool Hall Junkies. I remember watching it. I don't remember much from it, but I remember it was like a cult classic and all my friends loved it. It was like Reservoir Dogs in my circle. Like we love that. Like The Machinist and um, there's just a few others uh, like that. Boondog Saints kind of. Oh, I mean, that's one of my favorite movies, but yeah. Snatch, uh, Train Spotting. It just kind of fits in that realm with me of those films. Uh, Definitely, I'm into that reference. And absolutely, Pool is more sports and even gambling it's perfect combination like the hustler is great too with paul newman it's classic color of money film. yeah color of money good film yeah that was the wavelength that was the wavelength i was on there i was thinking color of money i just recently saw both of those and i liked the color of money i saw the color of money first and i actually ended up liking a lot more than the hustler just because the hustler is more of like a character study where color of money is all about like learning how to hustle so um yeah enjoyed that quite a bit and put my foot in my mouth in my letterbox review because i was like do you, you ever want to see scorsese do a sports movie and then someone in the comments is like um raging bull <laughs> <laughs> got him go look in imdb that, that's pretty embarrassing yeah. to say that so We've already said a lot, and I want to just ask a few like all-time questions before we get further into your top now four favorites. We're down to four. Uh, if there's one tearjerker movie in any sports movie, what would it be for you, Joey? First, well, the movie that just you got to bring the Kleenex out. I, th- I mean, I think I've already talked about. It. I think it has to be Million Dollar Baby. Like that's just. Now, to, to be fair, like when I, when I said earlier, I was like looking through lists of some of these sports movies. There's some sports movies like I just missed. I've never seen, watched sports, but I just didn't watch the movies. But I think from what I've seen and what I remember, I think it, it, it has to be Million Dollar Baby. That ending is just, it's just brutal. Great, great. And so, Justin, what's yours? Oh, wow. I'm um, scrambling here. Uh, tearjerkers. Um, it's hard. Like there's also a lot of movies that are so feel good that they, they can't help but get you for me. Like Rudy, like the clapping scene when the music crescendos at the end, it just it can't help but like have all the feels every single time. When John Favreau in the stands starts standing up and then the, the janitor that helps him out is in the tunnel and he does a slow clap and everyone stands up. It's just so, so good. Um, there's also the scene in Cool Runnings, like I mentioned before, when they when they do the slow walk with the bobsled. I love those slow clap scenes are so bad if they're wrong. It's so bad. There's so many of them. But the few True. ones that truly hit the mark are out of the park. They, they, they hit it unlike anyone else. So those would be my two feel good ones that just get me every single time. I'd have to go back with Field of Dreams. To, to, um, I got a couple of weepy ones coming up, but um, yeah, I think I'll, I would go with uh, Field of Dreams with something that really gets the uh, emotions running. Good call. Also, the show Friday Night Lights has so many moments that are really potent, that really can hit you. That show is fantastic. And it just came back out on Netflix, people. So you can binge Friday Night Lights, the show. So good, so worthy, everything about it. All right, let's get into the number fours again. So let's switch it. Justin, you're number four first. All right, this is going to be a complete guilty pleasure. So you guys know that Chuck Norris doesn't do push-ups. He pushes the world down. Oh, yeah. I'm talking about sidekicks. 
this really corny, um, in the spirit of Rocky and the Karate Kid 90s fun hijinks movie. So it's about this kid, Barry, and he's an asthmatic and not really popular at school. And so he'll often go into like his own little world. And so he daydreams about going off with Chuck Norris and kind of basically being in like a Rambo movie and Miami Vice and um, like some kind of like crazy ninja movie. Yeah, that's just how he like gets through his day is like imagining he's he's something um, greater along the way. You know, he runs into the typical bully and karate kid um, style, um, runs into this, um, you know, this Asian guy who, you know, starts training him in uh, martial arts. And then, you know, we have the big martial arts tournament at the end, a lot of good variety of martial arts you see there. So that's where the, you know, the sports movie aspect comes in. Super cheesy, lots of fun. Chuck Norris makes a fun appearance at the end and they they kick butt together finally because it's finally his dream of being side-by-side sidekicks with uh, Chuck Norris there um, coming to life. And um, I remember after we rented this from Blockbuster, like me and the, my buddy that were watching it, we immediately went outside and started practicing our roundhouse kicks. And I just a couple of years ago, I showed it to my oldest son and he was doing the same thing. So this is the kind of movie that definitely wants to get you in that uh, high uh, kind of... Um, you know, play mode and, you know, serious message there too, but um, sidekicks, great fun. I've never seen sidekicks. I had to really scramble and look it up. And then the poster resonated right away. Clicked. I mean, I've seen that poster a million times with the yin and yang and Chuck Norris yeah. and Jonathan Brandis, but I've never seen it. I love Karate Kid. So it sounds like it's a cheesy Karate Kid, which is already cheesy. So perfect. Did you ever mm-hmm. watch Cobra Kai? I you haven't gotten it. M- M- uh, have you watched it, Joey? No, I never saw Sidekicks, and I haven't. I haven't seen Cobra Kai. Like, I mean, I obviously I'm aware that it's a thing because it was pretty big. But I, I know I've seen the first Karate Kid. I don't remember if I've seen any of the sequels, and I definitely didn't see like the newer ones. Yeah, I missed the one with Will Smith's kid, Jaden Smith. Yeah. I think is in one. I heard yeah, it's Jayden actually Smith good too. And Jackie Chan. Yeah, it was good. He goes to China, and it's solid. I heard it's solid. And I've seen a few episodes of Cobra Kai and I liked it. It was solid, solid entertainment. And I know it gets better. I've heard amazing things. People love it. Absolutely love it. Non-sports movie people, you know, just regular everyday Netflix binge watchers. And definitely we'll get to that someday soon. So without further ado, Joey, what's your number four? So my number four, actually, I kind of already talked about it because we ran through my best list. So this is, again, Rocky. It's just something about those movies that get me pumped up um, between whether it's the soundtrack or just how they do the fighting. Just I pity the fool, you know, you know, the the whole Clubber Lang speech. And then, the the, yeah, just just all of it. I mean, I don't think I didn't really just say much about Rocky. It's one of the most well-known movie franchises that there is. So, yeah, I mean, Rocky is Rocky. It's the all-time kind of in the genre i would say you kind of have to be you have to you'd have to be remiss not to like put at least the top three to five of any sports movie list if you're going to be like a traditional these are american great sports movies so absolutely i mean so good and i just always took from it just like the resilience the grittiness the authenticity as a kid i like remember being grossed out by the eating the raw egg scene so much oh. <laughs> that stuck with me the weird things stick with you when you're young but great choice um so now between four and three what would you say is each of your funniest sports movie moments so the one moment in a sports movie that just cracks you up just busts your gut every single time so i know once again it's tough to be put on the spot but I mean, Talladega Nights has a few. I love the prayer scene personally in Talladega Nights when he just referenced, <laughs> it's basically like referencing every commercial brand, like 
that you could think of. Just brilliant, brilliant satire of not only NASCAR culture, but just sports culture and the commodification of it. So I thought that was hilarious and well done. I'm a big Will Ferrell guy, so can't go wrong with that. So who wants to go first? Who has a favorite funny sports movie? Justin. I would have to go with Adam Sandler and um, Happy Gilmore when he starts screaming at the ball to go in the hole. Uh, <laughs> that's great, great moment there. Sandler doing angry humor, um, probably at its finest. <laughs> so I'm also going to go with Adam Sandler. I will pick a different movie. I will pick Waterboy. And just they're doing the onside kick. And the kicker's looking around and he's looking at the guy shaking. And he's like, oh, there he is. There's my bitch. And I, I don't just every time. Yeah. Uh, there's like 20 scenes in Happy Gilmore. I could almost choose. I adore Happy Gilmore. It's like my f- number one sports movie in terms of comedies. Easily. I don't know where it would fit on mine. We're going to wait till the end to do ours. Like if there's never an end, but we're going to wait till a long time after we watch these, but it's going to be up there. It's going to be right, right up there. I just love any scene with him and Chubbs. Uh, and any like dream sequence in 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 heaven, <laughs> they're just they get me every time. So number the three, Subway we're gonna switch commercial. Oh, Subway in, in the movie, I didn't I didn't remember that at all. I saw it recently. Love that with Ben Stiller too is the megalomaniacal like uh, elderly home caretaker guy. I loved how he would turn on a dime every time Adam Sandler left. And Shooter McGavin, Shooter McGavin's one of the best heels villains in a sports movie. Period. I mean, I don't know if there's, personally, I mean, I can make the argument. It would probably, I could imagine it'd be an amazing debate with a good contrary argument, but I would make the argument and love to debate someone that he's the best of all time. I know there's there's fantastic ones in the Rocky series that are completely different, but I just love Shit for Gavin. Um, Bill so Murray great. and Kingpin is, I mean. Love gosh, that one. Uh, he's so like, Bill Murray always plays jerk, but in this instance, he's just like, you know, you really feel how much of a jerk he is in Kingpin with how much he screws that guy over and he wins in the end and he has the crazy hair and then the, the rose in the ball. And uh, that's oh, a yeah. diabolical uh, Bill Murray character. Uh, diabolical, fiendish, also mischievous and just the shadiness that goes on. The, the irony of the movie where he basically, you know, he gets Woody Harrelson's hand dissevered and then has no remorse and then ends up being his nemesis at the end of the film in the tournament in Reno and then beats him in the tournament. It's just brutal. Uh, you know, the, the sleazy comb over all his shenanigans. It's great. I love, I love that depiction in that character. He's really funny, really hams it up. Love that piece. So Joey, what is your number three? Well, we were just talking about this pretty, um, a good bit and that's happy Gilmore. <laughs> I mean, just, I was probably going to use that as my funniest moment. Um, well, the movie, not the same one as Justin, um, where he loses to Bob Barker in a fight. <laughs> <laughs> the press is wrong, Bob. Oh my God. And I, cause I grew up, I grew up watching Price is Right at my grandma's house. And so there's Bob Barker and he just kicks his ass. <laughs> and then yeah, Shooter McGavin is, oh, he's great. He's just, he's a horrible character. I mean, I, you still get the the piece of the the meme that pops up, and it's a Wheaties box that's been um, edited, and it's, it's pieces of shit for breakfast. It's not even good, but it is so hilarious. Um, you know, using a hockey stick, just and then how much like the um the PGA want they just want him around because he's bringing in so much more revenue. I think it's funny that you know obviously it wasn't in the same way, but Tiger did that just a few years later to the sport and just exploded it. And then. Uh, so we have this radio station, or it's not a station, but it's a curated playlist. It's a huge, but it plays at work. And uh, one of the songs is Endless Love. And so like every time it comes on, I'm just like, 
what two friends can listen to endless love in the dark just every time yeah great choice happy. so good happy <laughs> happy you suck you jackass <laughs> and go to your happy place go to your happy place <laughs> it's so good i love when he gets the hockey stick as the putter i mean it's a brilliant synthesis of of that hockey culture and golf culture as well which couldn't be any antithetical and as kids we loved hockey too so that's why we we had that in it was just like golf is this old person sport that i actually appreciated as a kid my dad and i would watch golf on sundays for the final day of tournaments pretty tense and competitive but just seeing like a a cool story about like a hockey hockey guru misfit finding his way with a great swing it's just it works i think the movie actually is kind of subtly brilliant it's it, it's a really good underdog story too like you really get caught up in him coming back in this tournament and you get caught up in him beating shooter mcgavin like it actually works on that level where you're excited and that's that's rare because some of these comedies that we talked about like basketball for example they do a decent job of it but it's not as much or like talladega nights right they're just hilarious they have a ton of funny parts but you're not as like invested in the like sports underdog story. Whereas I think Happy Gilmore truly, really works well on both elements. So good choice. Good choice. How about Justin, your number three? We're going to go inside. We're going to go outside, inside, outside. We're going to go get them on the run, boys. And once we get them, we're going to keep them on the run. And we're going to go, 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 go. <laughs> of course, I'm talking about Rudy. Um, we talked about this on our podcast a while back. Uh, Joey had recommended it. And I don't think I fully appreciated it the first time I saw it. But rewatching it, man, what an emotional. I mean, I think you said that pushed your emotional buttons as well, Paul. Yeah. The music in the, the movie, it's so repetitive but at the same time every time you hear it you get that um uplifting feeling as you know he goes from this kid that can't even get into Notre Dame goes to a tech school or whatever and then works his way up to Notre Dame does whatever he can just hangs out with a football team and then finally gets that moment on the field so inspirational just the whole ambiance of Notre Dame is is really really cool to see brought to life in a movie and yeah college football that that atmosphere is is unreal between you know all the students there the band and um the long long legacy all those teams have so Rudy great stuff yeah, yeah and it really gets into like the blue collar lifestyle that his family mm-hmm. lives in and kind of trying to leave that cycle really well kind of like young blood um, but it's so much better than young blood, but definitely tackles oh, yeah. like kind of a similar narrative of like trying to transcend your family, but also like gutting it out with like schoolwork and janitor work and doing all the grittiness to get such a little payoff, but still doing it. I mean, it has all of the uh, strong moral and ethical convictions that, that you want from like a good, good sports movie. That's like teaching a good lesson too, right? It's, it's, it's really strong in that element as well. And so I, that's why I probably as well as a kid, it was such a good learning movie. Like, I don't know, like stand and deliver or like all these great films that my teachers would love to show. Or remember the Titans is another one. that's like perfect for, for teaching young people like good life lessons. So can't go wrong with Rudy. So, so good on the Rudy one. Uh, there's a lot of really good football movies, college and professional football movies. Any football movie that you think is underrated, either of you, would you like to shout out? I mean, we've brought up a few already. We've brought up The Waterboy, which is hilarious, but any any sports uh, football movies that you love? Yes, but I'm about to talk about it. <laughs> okay, let's just move on then. What's your number two? Uh, Varsity Blues. <laughs> Clearly, compared to like as a movie, like it's not as good as some of these other ones we talked about. But 
it has a great young cast. You've got James Vanderbeek, like at the height of his Dawson power. You've got a very young Paul Walker. You've got on um, John Voight, who is a very good heel villain, whatever you want to say. Ali Larder's in it, whipped cream bikini, like it's just super iconic um, for that kind of movie. But it also, you know, it, it shows, you know, his dad puts all his pressure on him, like, you know, playing it. West Canaan was the best time of my life, you know, this and that. And, you know, he wants the same kind of life for his son. He doesn't, because that's what you do. It's a small town. It's Texas. They just kind of similar stuff that would happen in um, Friday Night Lights. But obviously this is a little bit more of, of, of a comedy, a teen comedy kind of thing. Obviously that's my wheelhouse, but was, I, I thought it was TV studios, wasn't it? Yes, it was MTV. That's not even a little bit surprising. Didn't have a, didn't wasn't like there goes my hero like the song like the yes. big song from it yeah so I mean, you got the this Foo Fighters song like just all sorts of good stuff going on um you know where they the coach leaves and is I guess it's the to get into the playoffs or in the playoffs and um you know they have to make the comeback and he's running all the crazy plays that you know they couldn't run because they were just a, a run it down your throat school so no, I just I always enjoy that movie quite a lot. Absolutely. It's a, I'm glad you brought that up, Justin. It's MTV produced movie. Definitely isn't that like perfect sweet spot of those MTV produced movies. I think they had just come out with 10 things I hate about you. I'm not sure if American Pie was MTV produced, but it definitely fits the same like vibe. And what's so good about Varsity Blues, one of the reasons it's the 90s soundtrack that you brought up too, Joey. The songs, they're all bangers. They're all good alt rock, like mainstream Foo Fighters, like Blink-182, those types of songs, Lit. Just good, upbeat, late 90s rock songs. They're just killing it, right? Yeah, I mean, you'd kind of expect that from, you know, at least then in the late 90s from an MTV-produced movie to have a good soundtrack. And that was kind of starting an era where, like, soundtracks were not necessarily the sound, like the score of a movie per se, but the straight soundtrack. And you might get one or two songs in the movie, but that's where they started just making soundtracks that were just great compilation albums, where they, they were alt rock or straight hard rock. So you had that like late 90s to like mid 2000s, where you just had these movies with crazy soundtracks as well. I don't remember this happening, but I can totally envision like Carson Daly being on like TRL and be like, this is the cast of Varsity Blues or whatever. So. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. That probably did happen. I don't remember that because I definitely watched TRL like every day. That was what I did, but I it wouldn't have surprised me if that happened. Another funny thing to note about Varsity Blues is it's also an adaptation of Buzz Bisinger's bestselling book, Friday Night Light. So it's another iteration of the same story. Believe it or not, there couldn't be any different they're very different right it's more about teenage antics and pranks and just hijinks but both the same source material i also really quickly want to give a shout out just especially you two um uh, our buddies podcast fill in film they cover this episode 184 so two after 182 if you think about blink 182 which we just referenced they love it it's like their all-time favorite they just glow about this movie for a few hours on that i think it's an hour and a half podcast check it out anyone listening you guys too it's really good they also have jb huffman who i've had on this podcast he played high school football he's also like does a sec football podcast like he loves football so he has a cool perspective nice. on that yeah so great choice justin what is your number two i'm gonna go with a little bit of an underrated flick here um, i believe it's from the 70s it's a cycling movie called breaking away had always heard about this movie, was kind of really into cycling, you know, throughout my 20s, uh, really enjoyed going on long distance rides. And I finally checked this out. I was kind of inspired by my uncle to get into that sport a little bit. And 
It was interesting because so it's about I think it takes takes place in Indiana and you have like these local guys and then you have the guys going to like Indiana U. They're calling the local guys like townies or whatever. And so that's kind of the the conflict, kind of like a greasers kind of thing going on. But, you know, in, in this different, more Midwest setting, um, you got a, um, a young Dennis Quaid in this movie, along, a young Daniel Stern. I had always heard my uncle talk about drafting, which is when a cycle gets right behind a tractor trailer and man, they just kind of book it. And I mean, it's super dangerous, obviously, because if anything crazy happens with that tractor trailer, I mean, hopefully that cyclist is able to bail out. But there's a really, really cool scene where he's going doing a long distance ride and does this um, drafting on a tractor trailer. That's cool. Um, the main character is all about like getting out of this small town. He wants to be one of the um, go to like an Italian race and stuff. And like I th- he gets so excited that these Italian racers come to his hometown and he races against them. And, you know, he's showing like that he can hang with them, but at the same time, he's like, no, you're this, you know, little nobody or whatever. And so they, they, they cause him to crash or whatever. But then you got this thrilling final race where it's a relay style race. So you have like the weaker riders and then obviously the stronger rider. And it's a really, um, really, really neat uh, film. Um, Definitely wanted to shout it out because you don't hear about too many cycling movies. Um, So that's breaking away. No, you don't. And I've heard about this one and, never seen it but man they have so many like you said all-star actors so young right the young young daniel stern i'm looking at it young dennis quaid and even a a young jackie earl haley right i mean three lifers right there and i saw there's a really cool photo if you check it out on just like google images of them like it must have been within the last five years all wearing the cutter shirt and the same jeans that they have in the picture so check that out it's fun just side by side good choice a really unexpected choice. I've only seen it because I've done a ton of research for this podcast. I put things in different groups and mini tournaments as we call them, but never heard of this film before that. Never seen it. I'm excited to watch it now though, especially with your recommendation for it. Um, Joey, have you ever seen this? I have not. I've never even heard of it. I was actually more thinking just our two lists appropriately show the difference of, of, of our tastes in movies completely. Obviously not in a negative way, but just just completely different as he's coming up with like obscure cycling movies, you know, mm, it would be on the Criterion channel. Um, <laughs> whereas I'm over here like, yeah, these is big sports comedies or, you know, teen comedy things from when I was young. <laughs> so yeah, it's just completely uh, our two different styles. One obscure pick. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> but that does definitely kind of exemplify a little bit of your style like that. You came out of left field with that in a good way. Uh, I have not seen many cycling movies at all. I've seen, I think, the Lance Armstrong story. It's called Stop at Nothing. It's a doc. Really, really fascinating about, you know, his doping scandal mm-hmm. and just all of the the crazy up and downs and roller coasters and the theatrical subterfuge they use to hide it is unreal. So check that out if you've never seen that. But yeah, definitely not seen a lot of cycling. I, I'm, I'm trying to think of one and I, I like there's there's nothing. There's nothing that's coming to my head. The only thing coming to my head is the triplets of Belvedere. <laughs> but I don't know if that counts. It's like a really cool French animation movie about like these people who are forced to be on a bicycle for like a certain amount of time. Otherwise they die. It's pretty crazy and really There's cool. Some cool um, bike race moments in that new Pixar flick, uh, Luca. Oh, really? Yeah. I have not so seen that yet. I've, out. Yeah. I heard it's kind of like Call Me By Your Name meets Pixar. Is that off or meets on? Little Mermaid? Yeah, mm-hmm. that's about accurate. Nice. There's also a really good bicycle career movie, Premium Rush. Have you seen Premium uh, Rush? Joseph Gordon Lovett. 
Yeah, I've seen that. That was pretty good because it was um the year he had like a couple of big movies because he had that one and what was the other one? He had another one like very close to that and they were both pretty good. But yeah, that's that's the only thing I can think of on a cycle, on a bicycle. That's a, a great one though too. Just really liked it. It was just kind of a small little indie film. So wow, we're really getting to the top very quickly, which is exciting. I don't know who wants to give their number one first. You guys are gonna have to like fight over this. I'm going to go with Joey. Give your number one first. All right. I think this one might come out of left field. Um, it's definitely, I don't think most people are going to consider this a sports movie, but if Rocky and, you know, anything like The Fighter or Never Back Down or Karate Kid. So I'm, I'm, it's in that vein. It's a blood sport. Yeah. Um, another movie that I watched, I've, I've watched it so many times. It's it's ridiculous the amount of times that I've watched this, but um, like... Obviously, if someone hasn't seen this, I mean, it's Jean-Claude Van Damme, like, at peak. And he's it's a based off of Frank Dukes, who was a real person, a real American, who went over to this Asian martial arts tournament called the Kumite. He set all sorts of records, like, to throne the champion. And, you know, there's, there's a story with a girl and the government chasing him and him trying to prove himself. And, you know, you got the, the really strong champion who's unbeatable and even is, like, cheating if he needs to. Just really good fight scenes overall. And it's just, it's a good time very enjoyable and it's one of those one of those movies i point to where i look at like what are the stuff i'm watching now as an adult where you know i'm like really into like the raid or i'm really into like kurosawa and samurai movies and it all comes from that as a kid and you progress from just oh fighting movies to something a little bit more especially going into like kurosawa and stuff so no great choice love it blood sports awesome Jean-Claude Van Damme is awesome. Jordan absolutely loves it. I wish Jordan was on here to just bro down with you. Yeah, geek out on you. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll keep you in mind when we finally get to that at some point. I'm sure at some point down the line, we'll get to that. Hell yes, I'm down. (laughs) Absolutely. So great choice. Very fun. Very cool. I love how eclectic both of your lists are. Don't know where either of you are going next. And that's that's exciting. So I have no idea where Justin's going to go either. What is your number one? So like you had mentioned, uh, every typical uh, top five sports list is going to have a Rocky movie. And sometimes the first time is the sweetest. And my first time was with Rocky Four, one of the cheesiest uh, movies out there, but also so, so badass at the same time. This is like the king of the montage. Um, that's half the movie is just montages, but it's fantastic. I've always been this Russian history geek. So seeing like the whole Soviet aspect with um, America versus um, the Soviets uh, hits my sweet spot in terms of an interesting conflict there that definitely flows into like Miracle and uh, Rainbow Three. But um, yeah, Rocky Four, awesome. You know, got Ivan Drago, probably, I mean, I don't want to discredit uh, Apollo Creed and Mr. T too much, but probably probably um, Rocky's most menacing foe. I mean, what in Rocky Five, they mentioned like how he's like his brain's coming apart because of how much Drago beat him or beat on him. But, you know, of course he comes up and saves the day. If you can change, I can change. We can all change. It's really silly stuff in this movie, the robot, like what's going on with that. But um, yeah, it's hearts on fire. I mean, I've, I've downloaded the, um, the soundtrack from iTunes before and enjoyed these really, really cheesy um, uh, montage bits. And he's like, you have the whole, um, 
So Drago's like, you know, using the performance hands and drugs and working out in these sophisticated gyms where, you know, Rocky's getting back to nature and he's like working out on a farm and, you know, doing chin-ups and stuff in a barn or whatever, just like in Young Blood. And then by the end, he's done, hiked all the way up a snowy mountain. How'd you get there? Fantastic movie. Gosh, it's 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 so good to see a good Rocky montage. And unfortunately, I don't think Creed 2 quite lived up to, uh, you know, my... Uh, Love of this movie, but uh, Creed One did a re- great job at continuing the formula in a new way. So, um, yeah, Rocky Four for me. I still need to see both the Creed movies. Um, they've been on my list to watch. I just haven't got around to them. But yeah, Rocky Four, the, the training, and he, he's got his huge beard, and he's just like lifting tree logs, and it's just mm-hmm. it's just crazy. Yeah, it's um, he's not man. He is made of steel. No, it's it's definitely easily the best sports movie franchise of all time i'll call it just by the people who come on our guests on this show never cease to have rocky in their top fives and they always have different ones which absolutely fascinates me it's not just rocky one like we get rocky all 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 different choices and so i love that we hear four now rocky four great choice i'm a creed fanatic i love creed and I actually beg to differ. We don't have to get into coots, but I love Creed 2 even. I love Creed 2. I think it's fantastic. And what's funny is you you both love the montage scene. I love the montage scene in Creed 2 out in the desert when he's like pulling the wheels and stuff. I think it's just a great montage scene. I remember being in the theaters and being like, wow, I'm sincerely enjoying a montage scene in like 2019. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Unironically loving this. I'm stoked for Creed 3 whenever it comes out and I think it just picked up right where it should have it actually works as a continuation of a series unlike so many other ones which feel just like a blatant cash grab um I feel like this still has heart um maybe Creed 2 wasn't quite as exciting as Creed 1 with you know Sylvester Stallone showing up again and then training, you know, his ex-rival's son. I mean, just had really great elements. But I think they played really nicely in Creed 2 with uh, Michael B. Jordan's character trying to find his own identity from his father. And I, th- I think there's a lot there, actually. So all great, great choices. Man, literally every different type of sport you guys almost tackled. And so my final question is, if you had to keep one sport of sports movies, so only the sports movies of one sport which sport would it be? And that's a tough one, right? Because, I mean, boxing has so many classics we brought up. So does baseball. Even basketball has plenty of great ones. Jordan and I love hockey. Most people probably don't love hockey ones as much, but I know, Justin, you love Mighty Ducks. So there are some great hockey ones too, and you got to only keep one. What would it be? Going with you, Justin, putting you on the spot. I know it's going to be hard. I guess my my thought instantly went to, um, what, where, where would I be without the Sandlot? So I would have to uh, keep the baseball. Not my favorite sport, but it's a great movie sport. So many great baseball movies. That is such a timeless growing up movie that, um, yeah, I couldn't let the Sandlot go. Great choice. Great film. And then there's so many baseball films like Bull Durham, Field of Dreams. So just baseball movies you keep. Joey, what's the sport you keep? I think if I was a kid, I would probably also pick baseball. Um, I actually didn't see the Sandlot until last year. But, you know, there was Angels in the outfield and there was the rookie, you know, when I was growing up. I think that's what it was called, where the kid had the crazy arm strength. Rookie of the year. Yeah. Um, but I think I would have to keep football. I just I, I think I'm just too much of a football fan. 
that that would be, I mean, you, you can, and you can run the gamut. You can do stuff like varsity blues or the longest yard or the water boy, or you can go with something a little bit more um, adult and edgy, like any given Sunday. Cause I mean, who doesn't love steam and Willie Beeman and, or you can do like Friday night lights. So you, you can get, you can get high school, you can get college, you can get pro I and mean, you can even go with like little giants. So there's, I mean, there's just so much to go with there. I think I would have to um, think I have to go with football. Oh yeah. Little giants you brought up. That's a great, great argument to keep football too. Love that one. I also love angels in the outfield for baseball, man. They're, they're just both so, so good. Those are, yeah, I can't get rid of either of those. Probably if I had to get rid of one, I'd probably get, or not. If I had to keep one and get rid of one, I would, I would side with Justin just the slightest bit. I would just keep baseball. I love this land lot. I love rookie of the year. I love major league league of their own. Just so, so, so many go into, man, football's right there too. I mean, I absolutely adore, adore is not the right word. I, I think any given Sunday is the most underrated sports movie almost of all time. Underrated for sure, because like most people talk crap on it or haven't seen it. And I just, I think it, it just resonates all the time. That whole, like, it's a game of inches. It's a game of inches. Every time I watch a game, it's like, it's a game of inches. It really comes down to inches. And that speech is fantastic. I think it like lives up to like Scarface epic proportions at times. And you've got so many good actors in it. Um, You know, you Cameron D, Al Pacino, uh, Quaid, obviously Jamie Foxx. But before he became the Jamie Foxx that we know now, but still. And then you Lawrence Taylor's in it. So it's just, there's just so much in I there. Cool J's in it too, right? Yeah. So, I mean, no, there's just tons of great people in there. I think it's crazy that uh, none of us mentioned uh, Jerry Maguire anywhere in this. Uh, although, like, I, I think that's kind of hard because I feel like it's more about the agent than the football itself. But it's also been a long time since I've seen it. But, I mean, who doesn't know Show Me the Money? Yeah, I mean, we covered that. We love it. We did a whole behind the scenes one, and Draft Day is one of our other favorites. It's a more modern day classic, but it's so good. Draft Day is yeah. really clean. So you were talking earlier about like who would be your favorite uh, sports movie director, or, like sports movie actor. Like, is it Kevin Costner? Like, is he the most prolific? The Ten Cup, Draft Day, Field of Dreams, Bull Durham. Like, and Amen, maybe- Joey. Amen. I, I've been saying <laughs> it every time in Jordan's bat. I always get crickets with Jordan. He's always, he's tentative. He's not willing to give it over. He's not willing to give it up. He doesn't want to say it, which I, which makes it fun. It keeps attention going. But every time I'm like, we have to just announce Kevin Costner is the quintessential sports movie actor. And he's like, because I mean, mm, I, mm. I mean I, who, who else has been in that many? Like, well, Adam Sandler, because we talked about two of his, but that's two. Three. Three, Three. if you count Uncut, Uncut Gems. Yeah. And yeah, then you got uh, Will Ferrell. I mean, because we've done it in semi-pro, Blades of Glory. Um, yeah, I, I think it's I think it's Kevin Costner. Like, I think it's I don't think that's way out of left field or anything. Love it. I love it. If we we end on a perfect note of complete solidarity there, we've stamped it in time. Like uh, I, that's why this is the best episode yet, because we've been able to get some external validation of this argument I've been having with Jordan forever. So that's that's if any if there's any one main takeaway from this, it's that Kevin Conser is the iconic sports movie actor of all time so far. I mean, of course, Sylvester Stallone too with Rocky, but of in terms of like an entire career and constantly shifting sports and doing different takes and roles. I mean, it's Costner. I'm with you guys on that. So before we go, 
I know you both have new podcast projects out there. Uh, we already ref- referenced, uh, you know, the Average Joe's Movie Club cast, which has both Jordan and I out there on, on backdated uh, dated episodes that you got to check out too. Uh, but what's, what's some of your other projects going on? What's some of your podcasts and where can people find you? I'll start with Joey and then move on to Justin. So Joey, where can people find you? Um, you can find me. Probably the easiest place would be letterbox.com slash Joey underscore P. Um, that's where I do all my reviews and stuff. They are definitely not as in depth as Justin, but you know, that's just how I go. Um, my spinoff podcast is it's still on the average Joe's movie club cast channel and it's called schlock talk. Um, I actually had episode two. It premiered earlier today and it's about a movie called Lamageddon. And that's the kind of stuff that you can expect is those really cheesy B horror movies or exploitation or like really bad action movies which so far it's only been horror i've only done the two episodes i actually filmed the third episode today but it will come out on halloween so oh man that sounds fun llamageddon yes i'm sure, um, I'm sure you're doing made, like sharknado yeah except for it had like a three thousand dollar budget <laughs> it's not good but you should it was funny at least in parts I'm, I'm down. I'm so down to watch that. Um, you got to also tackle on there the Toxic Avengers. I already referenced that. If you haven't seen it, do that one, please, for me. All right. Oh, um, maybe I'll. Uh, I will watch. Well, we can do that together in the future. I'm down. I'm down. Right. Write me in. All right, Justin. What's your other stuff? All right. So with it being the the month of horror movies, I've been totally down in my uh, Halloween movie fest. Uh, each year, Joey and I get together for the uh, Average Joe's uh, Halloween movie special. So this year, our main, in addition to talking about our top 10 um, horror watches of the year, we'll be talking about The Omen from uh, Richard Donner, I believe. Um, looking forward to that. Got a couple uh, things on the horizon. My spinoff podcast is I've always wanted to watch that. I'm fascinated by the fact that there's sometimes there's just this one movie on your shelf that you've had it forever and you've just never watched it and um, getting people's reaction to seeing stuff like that for the first time. Mine was sneakers, this really strange um, little heist movie from the nineties that uh, me and Joey dove into um, on one of the episodes. So that's kind of the thing I like to see there Um, coming up on that. I'm going to get together with my buddy Ben um, and watch lady Hawk also from Richard Donner. Right. Um, that's kind of a fun coincidence. And then on the next episode of the Average Joe's Movie Clubcast coming up next month, we'll be uh, digging into Silverado as a Western. And is it The Fighter we're going to watch, Joey? Yeah, The Fighter, the David O. Russell movie. Yep. And so look out for those again on uh, YouTube and um, Buzzsprout we're on. And um, yeah, check me out on Letterboxd. I try to write daily and you can find me on Twitter. I respond to everything. Movie Justin 198. Nice, nice. And I'll definitely check out that The Fighter episode with David O. Russell. I love all of David O. Russell's films. I know he's controversial behind the scenes, but the stuff he puts out on screen is great, I think. I love David O. Russell. So thanks for coming on, you guys. It's been a blast. Thanks for having having me, man. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. It's reciprocated. Thank you, guys. Check them out, everyone. And we'll have them, I'm sure, on again for Bloodsport and Rudy. We'll have them on for other ones in the future. Absolutely. So come back anytime. Oh, thanks. Definitely. Thanks.